Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Charity Stripe on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Pitch your free throws because they are free. Joshua Fisher, DJ Nikki Snacks, Kreider. Wow. Aztec basketball. We want to talk baseball. Uh, when this is playing, you'll be, the games will be going on. We may even know the results. Unfortunately for my bracket, the spread bracket that I'm in, I need Alabama to cover with the seven and a half. But as a friend, I will root for the well, Aztecs. Tomorrow, so. Oh, it's tomorrow. Yeah. Great, great, great. Oh, so you're just celebrating today. Yeah, I'm wearing, I'm wearing Texas stuff tomorrow. Oh, yes. I'll yes, wear yes. The, the state stuff today. Fair enough. Juche. Yeah, Texas. Big game for the Horns you haven't heard yet over the past few weeks with us. It's all kind of going according to plan. Minus yeah. the AM game. I mean, look, we take down Sean Miller, uh, meet Houston potentially. Yeah, but did it really matter if we play AM or not? We're going to get to see them for so many seasons to come. Yeah. It, look, at the end of the day, it would have been fun to see the rivalry get reignited here in March Madness. But look, if you're going to make the turn, you're going to go all the way, you're going to go all the way. You know, it doesn't matter who you play. No, absolutely. And for me, I actually enjoyed the Penn State test a bit more because they're a more similar shooting team to Xavier. And I like yeah. that. Like, I'm glad that a Texas team, not to get on our teams too much, but I'm glad that a Texas team can face a three-point shooting team consistently because uh, we've been holding these teams to very low percentages compared to what they shot during the season. <clears throat> yeah, something's going right with that that defense, that um, off-ball defense, I think, where these these teams that are normally super high-clip three three-pointing teams are not getting good looks, and they're not you know shooting at a good percentage. Yeah, I mean, the switches the guard play, the ability to rotate guards in and out of the lineup. And when you talk about it in every sport, you know, depth is key. Uh, so yep. I think that's a good transition. One team that has a lot of top-heavy talent uh, is the Angels. Not a lot of depth from what we see. Yeah. Anything can happen in baseball. The Giants two <clears throat> years ago shocked the hell out of us. By the end of the season, they might not have any depth whatsoever or top-level talent. We'll they, might have, they might have diddly squat. They might have <laughs> just, a, just a big old EIO farm system. Yeah, that, that, that they may. Now, though, you and I, you wanted to talk about this, so did I. We met in the middle of discussing the ESPN Top 100 Players list. Starts off Otani. I think there's no discrepancy there. I think Shohei Otani yeah. is by far at least to be considered the best player in baseball. Sure, 100%. I mean, I think for him, you know, being able to to play two positions at a high level, you know, it warrants him the number one spot. And he's a top 10 hitter and a top 10 pitcher. Exactly. And he can steal bases. Too. And he's and he's continuing to get better, too. Yeah, that's the crazy. I mean, you. I think it was one of our shows the other day, you were talking about Ichiro playing in his age 27 season and how dominant he was. Otani's now entering the what we call the quote-unquote prime it's been skewed a little bit with guys getting younger and playing you know like Acuna uh, Tatis these guys dominating at a younger age but that real 27 to like 31 prime Otani's entering that and again as a top 10 hitter and a top 10 pitcher I'm really curious to see what his base you know base stealing numbers are because he's a guy like forget the pitching as a hitter he could be a 30-30 guy with the new base pass oh, yeah. and the new rules for sure I think like you know, as you see superstars get into their careers, as you as you say, you know, get into their prime. Like they 
tend to not lay, let them steal as much just because they don't want them to get hurt. Sure, so, especially with him. So you never know, especially with a guy who who pitches where he needs to use his hands all the time, right? Where you don't want to jam up that finger. And I know you know they've got the oven mitts and everything like that, but still to limit the risk of injury, I think he probably steals less bases in his in his career going forward. Maybe they let him loose this season, but you know you never know. Okay, so let me ask you this. Trout's the number two guy uh, on the list, and then Judge is number three. Mm-hmm. Personally, I would love to see those roles swapped. I would too. I think Judge, with the record, the record-setting season he had, warrant and the MVP caliber seasons he's put together has warranted, and his health. Yeah, it's been an issue for Mike Trout for a couple seasons. I think it's warranted, you know, from a talent standpoint and a production standpoint, to put him at the number two spot. It's kind of a weird list because. I think they're valuing Trout. Look, he's an amazing player. One of the greatest we've ever seen or we're, we're, we'll ever will see. Sure. I think they're valuing his history a lot, like what he's done in years prior. And he had a good season last year, um, but Judge had a, a monster season. And you have to take that into consideration. An all-time season. An all-time season. And you literally have to say, okay, who had the best season last year and who's going to have the best season this year? And by you know the recency... And by the recent trends, it's Judge. Mm-hmm. I say it's a head-scratching list because if you're taking that into consideration, they also have Julio Rodriguez in there at seven. Right? Yeah, so yeah, I'll continue the list because there's definitely, once we get to four, your boy Manny Machado's at four, Freddie Freeman at five, Juan Soto at six, Julio seven, Turner eight, Betts nine, no pitchers, and Arenado ten. Yeah, see, I don't know if Julio cracks my top ten yet. No. He was a rookie last year. And didn't even play the full season. And no slight to Manny Machado, who I think is a Hall of Fame caliber player. I don't know if he's a better third baseman to me than Nolan Arenado. Mm. I know he, what played, th- he played better than Arenado last year. Did Arenado win the Gold Glove last year? Yeah, but it's it's about as a player. He he played better than Arenado last year. He had, a, had better stats. He finished second in an MVP last year. I think Arenado is just as good of a third baseman to me as Manny Machado, and I think the discrepancy between them in four and ten, and quite frankly, I don't think Manny Machado, I would put Manny Machado four. I would probably put his teammate Juan Soto ahead of him. I think you have to value what he brought to the table to the to the team um, just as a leader. And if you take but I don't his, think they're going based yeah, off that. But you're taking also his consideration that his defense is plus-plus and his hitting is plus-plus. Meanwhile, Juan Soto is just a, a pure hitter. His defense is poor. From a defensive standpoint, third base is arguably the most important defensive position. Uh, I think this year, ultimately, we'll see that the shortstop position, you know, re-jumps in value. Manny Machado finished second in NL MVP voting. He he deserves to be. He deserves to be in that top, in right. that conversation. It's crazy to me that Goldschmidt's not in the top 10. He just, I won, think a, he just won MVP. I think Trey Turner, I mean, Goldschmidt's 12 on this list behind Alcantara, who's the second second pitcher but like really the first pure pitcher listed at number 11 right um and i don't necessarily know if if i'm picking a pitcher if i'm going with him first does this list read at the beginning does it say the top 100 players heading into the 2023 season the best who will be the best okay i still don't think julio to me is number seven no, I think you haven't seen enough yet. That's I think Trey Turner to me is a guy that's being under, even at number eight is being underrated. Yeah, I think bit. he could be a top five, top five player to me for sure. Like we're talking about the bigger base paths, base paths. Like Trey Turner is a guy if they let him loose, and they may have to. He's gonna bat. He's gonna take Schwarber's spot at the leadoff. Mm-hmm. Schwarber hit forty bomb plus bombs last year. I don't know if he does that again, but even if he hits thirty five, 
He's batting in front of a bevy of guys who can hit. He's also going to steal a bevy of bases. I mean, this is a guy that can steal 50 bases and score 120 runs. Yeah, I mean, I think right now he's primed to have a huge season. And we always err on the side of caution when guys change teams. You go from one destination to the next. but He's done it. He's done it, I guess, what, three times now? Mm-hmm. Nationals to the Dodgers, now to the Phillies. Started actually in the Padres organization. Was drafted by the Padres and came over in the Will Myers deal and the three-team deal back in uh, 2014, I believe. Kicking ourselves as Padres fans, but I think it all worked out. We've got a nice infield now. However, Trey is primed for a great season, as you mentioned, the bags. Um, I think, you know, this huge world baseball classic that he had, you know, you got to ride that momentum. He's he's definitely going to, you know, keep the, the hot back going, especially yeah. early in the season. And, you know, some guys get off to a, a slow start. And, you know, as, as we were just saying, coming to a new destination sometimes can't be easy, but... Ride the momentum that you have, that you just had in the World Baseball Classic, coming off of, I think, what, five home runs? I mean, he was by far, I think he was our best player without a doubt on Team USA. I mean, I personally, Otani won the MVP for the World Baseball Classic, and sure, they won the championship, but I'd argue to say Trey Turner deserved it more. It was, it was, it was tight. It was tight, for sure. I mean, yeah, both those guys, again, put in exceptional performances. But for us, Trey Turner almost maybe has cemented himself as the best American, or, or, or could cement himself as the best American baseball player not named Marin Judge. Yeah, I agree. Because I don't, I don't know, and I, you know, I, Mookie's <coughs> one of my favorite players ever. I don't know if I'm putting Mookie ahead of him. You know what I'm saying? Mookie had a really good season last yeah. year. Well, Trout's ahead of him, so. Trout's ahead of him, too, sorry. I, I, but Trey Turner, to me, if like Trout has another down year of the hell, if like, Trey Turner could catch him. You know, Aaron Otto can easily, like Aaron Otto, yes, Manny Machado finished second in MVP voting. Yes, he, he scored, I was looking at the numbers, 25 plus more runs than, than Aaron Otto, which is impressive. But Aaron Otto was second in war. You know, he had a 7-9 war. It's the defense, too. It's the de- defense, too. It's very imp- it was very impressive what these guys are capable, you know, of doing, and that's why they're towards the top. I'm looking around at this list. Jordan Alvarez at 15 behind Acuna. I'm okay with that. Jose, I, the Guardians guys get no love ever. Yeah. It's crazy to me because Andres Jimenez is is an unbelievable talent. Talk about a guy he's top five in WAR last year. What's he on this list? I'm like I'm scouring. You're, you're the scrolling list. and can't find him. No, I can't find him. And Jose Ramirez is where? Jose Ramirez is top 20, right? Yeah, he had dude. He's 13. He better yeah. be. But like to me, Lindor. I'm gonna find him in a second. Lindor is 17. I'd rather have Garrett Cole and he's than Lindor, and he's Lindor's ahead of Garrett Cole. I'd rather have Rafi. Seems like this list isn't really taking the pitching value that that Correa had there. twenty four ahead of Tatis Jr. Well, yeah, Tatis is missing 20, 20 games, and I think they probably imagine that there's going to be a slow start for him to catch back up. Sure, sure, he missed all of could, last year. Could definitely happen. I think a lot, I think people are going to see this year that the first base. People are going to see that first base and third base are a lot slimmer than they anticipate. And I think 29, Pete Alonso has an opportunity to make that jump higher than 29. You're saying like it's top heavy at each position? Yeah, it's top heavy at each position, but I, I, the guys. Who are your. Okay, let's, let's break these down real quickly. Who are your top five first basemen and who are your top five third basemen in baseball? So, number one, Goldschmidt is first. Goldschmidt base. over Freeman? When the. We, we, Based off uh, our yeah, mark, I'm just saying. ESP, MVP. ESPN's got Freddie Freeman at five right he now. He just won the MVP based off your metrics. The one, the what would they did last year? Freeman won it the year before, but Goldschmidt won it last year. Okay, Goldschmidt, Freeman, Alonzo. I would have to. It would be a toss up to me because it gets dicey with Vlad Jr. and Alonzo. 
mm-hmm. but they're neck and neck. And then a five. Like it's tough because like we're talking about that drop off now. Yeah, now we're exactly. I mean, like I don't want to throw Rizzo at five. No way. You know, Olsen probably. Yeah, probably Matt Olson would be my fifth, fifth, third, first baseman. I mean, third base could get even like dicier. I think third base is tougher because you you got Machado, you've got Nolan, Nolan, you've got Jose, Jose Devers, Devers. Yep. Um, and there's guys, obviously, you know, we're just going off the cuff here. But to me, shortstop's a way deeper position. Second base took a massive hit with the Altuve injury. And in fantasy baseball, if Mookie Betts is – like, I've been doing, like, working with some fantasy baseball mock drafts, and Mookie's being considered, you know, because he'll play some second base. And if he's being optioned as a second baseman, I mean, he has to be a top-five pick. Yeah. Just because positionally, like, Andres Jimenez, like, you know – But then, like, Albies. Mm-hmm. If Albies is, like, quote-unquote, the number two second baseman – I think he could have a good comeback here. I think Albies is good. Ozzy Albies is an all-star level player. Mm-hmm. But he's an all-star level player because the position is weak. It's a really weak position from a from an offensive production standpoint. Right. Comparatively, where there's guys, yes, and we were just going again off the cuff, like first baseman, third baseman. The shortstops are like Jeremy Pena is like at number 10. Jeremy Pena is I was sorry. The shortstop position is tough. tough are, that like, I mean, you can go every team like Every the Rays have a, the Rays, Wander Franco, Wander Franco, the, the Bo Bichette for the Blue Jays, they have a good one. The Mets have Lindor, Trey Turner on the Phillies. Um, Cray on like, the Twins. Cray on the Twins. Like, even Tommy Edmonds, like, you know, he plays short and second. Even he's really good. Um, I'm trying to think again. Other guys, again, off the Dansby Swanson's in Chicago. <laughs> like, Bogarts, yeah, right. we haven't even got to Pena. Like, yeah, the shortstop position is extremely extremely tough and extremely deep. and you always look at the top prospects too tim right? anderson jr yeah you've got you know anthony volup you've got uh marcelo mayer with you guys yeah like, well hey yeah for I mean, us jackson merrill is a shortstop like yeah there is a good third base but and jordan walker on the cardinals but they're gonna have to move him mm-hmm. because arenado's there uh back to the list though just kind of uh, austin riley is another really top third baseman that deserves to be mentioned but i'm curious is, the, the pitching is tough this is tough for me because without the shift and with the anticipation of a higher offensive production and, and more firepower, the only real metric I can go off of, or a couple metrics I can go off of to kind of get a really good, as close of a prediction in, 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 as I possibly can, would be strikeouts and ground ball rate. As a hitter? From a, a pitcher, pitcher. Looking at a pitcher. Yeah, strikeouts for sure. Well... If you're striking out guys that can't get on base, they can't steal with the bigger base past the rules, like they're just out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. I do think that strikeouts are going to go down a little bit, though, because of the pitch clock. Guys aren't going to have enough time to shake off pitches with their catchers. They're not going to have enough time to, to think things through and, you know, kind of get in the head of hitters. I think it's a lot. It's going to be a lot more just like quick. I, it could go both ways, in my opinion. It sure. Could, it could go both ways where the hitters just like kind of not ready for things. Too, yeah. I was actually seeing a video on Twitter this morning of Max Scherzer manipulating the game clock in a way against the hitters where he would basically take all the time that he can up on the mound so the batter takes his one time out and then as soon as the the batter steps out he resets again and is ready to go and as soon as the batter gets in the box he throws the pitch so oh just, yeah so it's the, his timing's off like it's a mind gonna, game you're gonna see guys like manipulate the clock as much as possible um which is smart of course but 
I'm just curious to see which way it goes and which direction. Are we going to see more strikeouts or less strikeouts? And my gut check says there's going to be less strikeouts, more offense, because that's what baseball wants. They want to be a more entertaining, fun offensive game. I don't disagree. I just think that the guys who do strike guys out more and have that stuff are valued more. Are going to be in yeah, a better position to succeed. Yeah, like guys, Garrett Cole's going to have a great season. Yeah, Garrett Cole's going to have a really good year. Contra, like I think had some more batted balls in play last year. I think having him as anticipating him to be the top pitcher in baseball, let's say everyone's healthy, is a bit presumptuous. Because I don't even know if he's the best pitcher in that division. In the NL East? Verlander. Yeah. Scherzer. Yeah. Yeah, true. Like quite frankly, any given Sunday, like Nola and Wheeler can be just as good. Yeah, and don't forget about Freed. Yeah. In Atlanta. <laughs> okay. And Spencer Strider, a guy talking about a guy with the high strikeout clip. Like, even if it goes down a little bit, that guy was striking out numbers, yeah. record breaking numbers. So that that to me is interesting. Uh Harper they have outside the top fifty, but he's you know He's not gonna be back till what, like July? Yeah, he'll be out June. a while. Yeah, you, can't, you can't put him in the top fifty if he's not gonna be playing half the season. What do we think about Byron Buxton? <laughs> Where is he at? He's at 64. Ahead of Marcus Semyon, I you know, second Byron, baseman. I Byron out, Buxton to me is like the like Sean Livingston of of baseball. Is he not? Like it's a pretty good comp. Like if if he didn't get swallowed up by injuries year after year after year, I know Sean Livingston had like that one big injury, but it's like what could have been, you know? And every season we see a glimpse of Byron Buxton that we're like, okay, this is why he was regarded as the top prospect. This is where all the hype came from. And then get swallowed up by an injury again. I'd be willing to, I'd be happy to see him go through a full season and curious to see how far he can take, you know, a season and, and in terms of becoming an MVP or an all star candidate because all star last year. Right. But like, it, could he be a 40 40 guy? Could he be, you know, a three, four, 300 hitter, 30 home run guy? Because he's had months where he has been a monster, best player in baseball. You can't run him. Can't be a forty-four. You can't. You talk. What do you say? Like you can't run Otani. You can't run. True, you can't right. You can't run this guy. I'm just saying. What could have happened if he didn't? I get think. Yeah, Semyon is an interesting guy. I just brought up second baseman guy. I forgot he could be a. He sneakily stole yeah. some bases last year. Yeah. But Buxton to me, I, I went he played ninety-two games and had twenty-eight home runs. <laughs> he had twenty-eight home runs and three hundred. So he was. So he was missing like seventy games basically. So he probably could have hit an extra, you know, fifteen to twenty home runs. Yeah, so he could like, he could have been almost up fifty home runs, yeah, in a full season. With plus defense, good speed, hits for average. Average is meads, strikes out a bunch. But yeah, I mean, he was hitting like four hundred, you know, before he got hurt a couple of times. <laughs> I mean, again, like there's times, sure, there's times where he has some of the most serious stuff. Yeah, I'm just looking again. Like they have Musgrove is ahead of Darvish. What do you think about that, quickly? Uh, one spot ahead of him, or what is it? It's pretty close, right? Yeah, it's like two spots ahead. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think people look, I, I, we always talk about the hometown allure of, of playing for your hometown city and like how much this is such a, a head, like head case game mm-hmm. that like being in front of your home crowd, throwing the first no hitter, like for your home team, all that, like that there's a little bit of, of, uh, you know, what a judge there that I'm judge is the right word, bro. Know? And 
I think that they give that to consideration. And also, he's a younger pitcher. And I think, you know, sometimes these guys are heading their primes, like like through your 30, through your 29 season. And that's about the age that Musgrove is at right now. And Darvish, you know, is 36 years old. And he's probably losing a step here and there. So I, I don't mind it. Yeah. Okay. I think if, if Musgrove didn't get hurt this offseason and, and broke the toe, he probably would have been the day one Give starter. Me my toe. Yeah, that's... That's a good point. I, there's a couple other guys I want to throw out. Two young Mariners pitchers, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby. They're at the, I'm looking at the back end of the list. And the, 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 these are guys that I can actually anticipate. Luis Robert, Aloy Jimenez, both the Chicago White Sox outfielders. If they're fully healthy, talk about what they can do from a talent standpoint. Talk about a team that uh, underperformed and uh, kind of is, is wasting their talent, in my opinion. I mean, going out and getting Tolan Russo would – was one of the biggest head scratchers of all time, you know, with this roster. But you can't waste the years of of Jimenez and Robert at this on the same team. You know, like those guys are could be superstars. I mean, Mankata, like yeah, this is the, this could this Tim franchise Anderson, like all the moves they've made and all the roster swap like their rosters over the last five years. It could be one of the biggest what ifs. Uh, speaking of what ifs, what if we had a great comedian on our next segment? So stay tuned. You'll find out who it is. Don't go anywhere. Josh Fisher, DJ Nikki Snacks Crider, 1090 Mightier ESPN. We will be right back with the Charity Stripe on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.